I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wake up in the morning feeling like Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello and welcome back, Tryhards. Hello, everybody. It's nice to have had lots of love over the last week. It was very nice. I felt very loved. Very warm and fuzzy. Um, how did your meeting go with your eyes? Oh, it's not happening, my friend. Oh. Um, on the website it says from like eleven hundred pounds per eye, four and a half grand. Per eye? No, no, no. That was the total they quoted me. Four and a half grand. Um, with an eleven percent APR on the credit agreement. So it's not happening. Get used to the glasses because they are staying for some time. It's also like an incredibly hard sell. Um, I don't know if I mentioned what proprietor of laser eye surgery it was last week. I won't name it now just so that I don't get any uh cease and desist letters of a legal nature, but it was a very unpleasant experience. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, that's rubbish. Well, maybe we could do a um, crowdfunding. <laughs> so I don't have to look at your, uh, well, no, I'd, I'd actually be able to see your eyeballs and they're all full glory, wouldn't they? Yeah. I wonder if perhaps one of the rival companies like Optolase would like to sponsor the podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just putting it out there. If anyone who listens, works for Optolase, please inform them that I'd be very interested in setting up some sort of agreement between, you know, my eyes and the pod. All right. Well, and, do I have any, do I have any say in that? Hey, everyone's eyes get bad eventually. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about your future, my friend, your future. Oh, thanks. Well, they might even use you as a, um, a model with your new fitness regime wow. and those eyes are magnificent in their, all of their glory, you know, it, yeah, well, you know, in Cardiff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to rule it out, you know, as you say, with my <laughs> new fitness regime, I've been to a hit class this morning. I did promise Craig, the instructor, that I would mention him on the podcast because I told him I hated him in the class um and he said oh what are you up to the rest of the day I said oh recording a podcast I said I'll give you a mention and he went oh so, make sure you do um was Craig hot was he wearing lycras was he wearing shorts um, trackies like, 20, like 24 or something nothing makes me feel older than going to the gym <laughs> I just I do I, I don't know why it just gives me a real like tangible sense of my own age when you see like it's it's a real place for youngsters there's a lot of young pts a lot of young people there and i don't feel young when i'm there so but got it done got it done on a monday hardest day to get it done as far as i'm concerned um obviously still achy from my walk on the weekend but a big thank you to everyone who sponsored me and mum we raised nearly 500 pounds did you yeah we did 495 pounds we raised uh, that is exclusive of gift aid. So, yeah, we were very proud of ourselves. That's awesome. That you, and you power walked it, right? Oh, yeah, we smashed it. We were in this, so that it went out in waves. <laughs> and we were the first ones in from our wave. So there was a 7.30 and then a 7.50 and then another one. I'm not sure what time that was. But we were the first ones in from the 7.50. Had we been 
on the 7.30, we would have won it. Not that it was a race, but we would have won. <laughs> My mum was like, it's not a race. I was like, yeah, but by definition, we are first. So we've won. Um, so yeah, absolutely smashed it. Got a medal. Yeah. Why are you not wearing it? Um, it's very heavy. It's very heavy. <laughs> you know, it's quite interesting because obviously I did the Shine Marathon 10 years ago and I physically can't even look at the medal because it represents the worst night of my life just the most horrendous experience I've ever gone through whereas this medal you know only 10k that's my distance I've worked it out that's my distance that's my mileage so yeah I feel a lot better about it than I did although I will say and I know you'll understand this because you're somebody who does get a clacky mouth I was dead parched by the end. I wasn't going to have a wee halfway. You know, I don't use a portaloo, so I wasn't going to have a wee. So I didn't have a drink. And at the end, they were giving out malt loaf. Like of all the things, don't <laughs> want. It's a malt, not even a buttered one. Oh, dry malt like loaf. Dry malt loaf. Was it the, was it the banana one? Do no, you like that? No. So I know you and I are both, you know, big fans of Saurine. Again, if anyone who listens works for Saurine, another sponsorship we would be very interested in. Um, the banana one, chef's kiss, delicious. The Halloween special that they've bought out, chocolate orange, again, chef's kiss, delicious. Oh, I wouldn't like that one. Oh, it was banging. Um, I've actually got some on the go at the moment in the kitchen. But it was the non-fruited malt loaf. So it's literally just malt loaf. There's no fruit in it. There's nothing to break up. Oh, it's it was like glue. I I took a bite. I was chewing it, talking to mum. I couldn't get my teeth apart. Maybe that's why. Maybe they just want people to shut yeah. up. It's well, late at night and just well. Imagine having the imagine having the end bit. I mean, if you had a middle bit, you got like a little bit of kind of. It was the moisture. individuals, oh. which and they're very. Um, I don't know how you just healy. Did you know that's what they call the end of a loaf of bread in Ireland? The heel. What do you call um, it? The crust. Oh, the cr- yeah, I call it the crust, actually, not the end. The end or the yeah. crust. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, I know 10K is uh, it's impressive and did it through the night, which is awesome. Um, Polly Barnes, who is a wonderful woman, um, the best side of the Barnes relationship, Wayne Barnes, the other side, referee, um, yeah. Polly, wonderful woman she actually did the Thames Path Challenge which is a hundred kilometers and they did it over two days um I saw something on her story Instagram that said that she had peeled off a blister which was the size of her heel her whole heel was a blister and she carried on walking anyone um they were raising money for headway uk um it was a a friend i think who i think had a daughter who passed away a really sad story but she was supporting her um 100k in two days well done polly yeah and she's but honestly if anyone wants great content follow polly barnes on twitter um just polly barnes underscore at the end um it's brilliant like she's class she rips into wayne um she yeah she's savage forrester dean lady and just quality she said sometimes the smiles will be fake and then just tag the mates that have gone (laughs) been doing the walk um good times Um, maybe not so from her you've got super and rich up with you this week I am dying to know if you're going to get out on the paddle boards or has the temperature dropped enough to keep you out of the water? Um, not going to lie, it's pretty rainy up here. And we yeah. looked, we were like checking out, saying, oh, you know, what should we do? We actually managed to have a bit of a dry spell with Koya this morning. So we whizzed her around, took him down to the beach and all that type of stuff. So Rich, the, the uh, local sites, the metropolis of... Um, my little village and um the yeah we were looking at the I was looking at the app to see what the weather was like and it said 70% rain tomorrow 80% rain Wednesday and 100% on Thursday (laughs) (laughs) but do you know I've seen something that means that doesn't mean it's like how much rain an area is going to get or like how much of an area is going to get rain, not the not the probability of rain. It's the um, it's the amount of the area that will get rain. 
I'll dig this out and show it to you. Yeah, I feel like that it was I was living you you're living in your brain then because it was yeah. very slow motion. <laughs> know that that's a struggle for fractions of percentages are not for me and um, I really want to give a shout out on the podcast this week to Kyle Reese who um is on the um Tuesday Club podcast but many people who listen oh, you did that me. didn't you I did do that uh many people will know Kyle from Outlander the series um and he's also in the film Pride which is one of my favorite films but Kyle is a friend of mine. And as I said, he's in the show Outlander with an actor called Sam Hugan, who is like a bit of a heartthrob. I don't watch that program. I didn't really know who he was, but my sister's a massive fan. And Kyle arranged for Sam to do a video message for my sister this week, who is going in to have an operation on Thursday and has been very, very unwell for um, a couple of months now. And it is just absolutely brightened her up and changed her outlook on the week and changed her day to day so just want to say a massive thanks to Kyle and how uh, you know Kyle didn't have to do that he doesn't know my sister it's no skin off his nose he could have said oh yeah I'll ask him and then just said oh no he can't do it but doing things like that for people just can make such a huge difference and to my sister who hasn't really been allowed to leave the house for 11 weeks and has got the worst cabin fever imaginable that has just massively brightened up her day and her week so thank you kyle oh Um, that's lush it is really lush it's a very nice welsh man he is a very nice welsh man he is have you seen the film pride no i haven't oh my god you you should so watch it it's so good is he is he the type of like nice guy that you'd give a good get a good hug from or is he like a great hugger a great hugger yeah is it, I think you either get like great huggers or, you know, you're going to just be really cheery when you're around them. He's a great hugger. I would put him up there as like a, a top 10 hugger. So um, hopefully you'll get to meet him one day and give him a hug. Um, let's move on to work. I know that you were on Prem 15's duty on Saturday. Um, where were you? What were you up to? What game? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So there was a slight change in the sketch. Um um, I was going to be doing Wasps, Lost to Heartbreak, but um, because of the change up to the Coventry Stadium, oh. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Um, we, the Rico. I did. No, the it's, Rico no, it's changed, hasn't it? Oh, it's has changed. it? It's Coventry Alliance Building Society or something like that. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I did Quinn's Bristol on Saturday, but I flew down early, went and spent some time down in the West Country. Um, had an absolute ball with my uh, very chunky niece, uh, <laughs> Ava. And I was talking about how solid she was and was like laughing away. And my dad basically shot me down and said, you were bigger. I was like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and I was called Mighty Meaty Big and Bouncy when I was little, <laughs> so <you> can... <laughs> oh my yeah. god you know that i'm um, now just going to call you that forevermore yeah oh thanks um mighty meaty yellow raisin bouncy um yeah so um that was really fun just spending time with them seeing big jim and trish and d and Taz and yeah like just it was really cool and then i unfortunately was traveling back up to my place in gloucester so i watched kickoff i've watched about well, I watched to the moment where Marcus Smith went onto the field for Harlequin's men. And it was a bit like, oh, this is slightly cheesy that it's like Marcus Smith to the rescue. But it actually was Marcus Smith. <laughs> he knows. Unbelievable game. So on Friday night, I was doing BBC Radio Wales. And the show was for the um, Welsh football match that was taking place, Wales-Czech Republic, which ended in a two-all draw. But I was also watching the rugby quite quietly or at least had been watching it quite quietly and was like every now and again, I'd give like a little commentary line to the people I was working with and be like, oh, my word, you know, um, Bristol 18 nil up here. This is unbelievable. And then things changed. That is one of the best premiership games I've ever watched. That was phenomenal. It was so good. And you know what? It did make me laugh. You've mentioned Polly Barnes. I reckon that Wayne Barnes picks games based on like proximity to home and I bet he's like oh yeah I'll do the stoop on Friday because then I'm gonna have a weekend at home no travel I reckon his mileage in that game was probably about three premiership games average added together what a game so he actually tweeted 
because uh, he said basically support Polly. I normally do seven K and he'd done like nearly nine, I think, in that game. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, well, I so I watched the start and then I jumped in the car and um, got back and um, watched the end. And uh, yeah, ridiculous. Does Brandt start for England this autumn for you? Um, yeah, I think so. Looking at who they've got available, um, especially given their first game against, uh, is it Tonga? I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Or oh, is that barbarians? Tonga? No, that's the last. That's that falls outside the window yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So um I think I think, you know, he was class. It's interesting with it'll be interesting with selection at 10. You know, Marcus Smith is, you know, crazy good, but it's difficult because when everyone, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with the women's premiership, but and transferring that club form into England form or international form you know players can do that when they've got a lot of experience at international level so you, if you're playing real well it, you've got the experience you're not overwhelmed by the situation you've been yeah. there you've done it bam and you can go in and play it sometimes it happens when you've got an amazing club player going into an England shirt or an international shirt um in form and it's their first cap and they go and you know blitz it and do amazing you know Marcus Smith wasn't overawed and he went in and played for the Lions and, yeah. and played amazing in that Lions game sometimes actually it's the other way around because people you know there is this massive pressure not just to be getting your third fourth fifth cap or whatever first cap or yeah you know but also the fact that you're playing this well so oh my god I've got to be this good and I've got to do something amazing yeah. and I've got to create and actually it can't just be what I do at club it's got to be the next level and actually yeah. there isn't a next level because actually international isn't about amazing amazing moments all the way through all the way through at the 80 minutes it's actually consistency of, ba of, um, of basics at a high level under massive pressure and because you've got speed of thought is that much quicker because the speed of the game is so it's consistency of basics over over that with a sprinkling of magic that comes in at different moments do you know what I mean so it's an How interesting one. is it to manage that expectation as a player as well when you're going from one environment to another and styles of play may be different and the coaches are different and actually your club coach might give you the keys to the kingdom and freedom to play if you're someone like Marcus Smith but then Eddie Jones might not want him to play like that and he might start him at 10 but he might have a a different mo for him so how difficult is that as a player to manage that kind of expectation it is hard and especially if there's you you see it in particular around tactics and around um you know performance say someone like George Ford when England have got a massive dominance up front he is a wonderful you know magical player yeah. um if England can't get that you know now and and you know now Leicester have got that he can perform how he can you know so I think yeah depending on your position depending on the unit that you're within um I think it's hard for me to really know what that's like because my whole career I did both from the yeah. age of 18 and and so and I also had a coach that coached me at school so I had Gary Street who you know was knew me as a player and he his ethos as a coach actually was a lot about just going and expressing yourself and having fun which massively married up with who I was um so yeah I think I was really fortunate in that sense so my when I went to England it was it wasn't a scary environment that I'd never been in because I'd been in it from the from I actually went to England camp before I did in premiership <laughs> camp so or game so you know uh yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Will Marcus Smith be England's 10 in France in 2023? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the magic that he produces on the field, I think it's about, it's about producing it on a consistent basis. And I think it's also what nine is going to marry up with him and what centres, you know, because if you've got a certain type of 10, that unlocks games like he does you will you know do you want someone that matches that at 12 and 13 or do you want the polar opposite with someone that can carry hard and do you know what I mean and and, and I think yeah. that the 9-10 combination is, is a fascinating one 
Um, and he couldn't have had it any better, really, having Danny Care. You know, Danny Care is playing some of his best rugby. And the way that he lights up the game and actually controls it from a nine position for years has helped out Marcus Smith at 10. You know, he's got um, Oosterhuizen now at 12, who is just an absolute battering man, picks yeah. up crap everywhere from, you know, do you know what I mean? And then um, 13, oh, what's his name? Went to New Zealand. Um, I can't believe I've forgotten his name. Wonderful player, like, and really, like, has so much flair and so much skill, just like Marcus. Um, I think what's actually interesting about, I'm kind of going all over the place here, but if you actually then look back at the Harlequins women's get team, you know, so Harlequins men absolutely blitzed Bristol, like amazing in this ridiculous form. Bristol were struggling. Harlequins women are mirroring Bristol men actually because they champions last year really struggling to to find their form um and actually you've got young players in that team that were surrounded by experience so someone like Ellie Green for instance who's on the bench at the moment has over years been a starting 10 for Harlequin she was starting at 18 years old she's a wonderful talent but she also had Leanne Riley at nine and Rachel Burford at 12 so she was sandwiched between two of the most experienced players in those positions so it takes a massive amount of pressure off just like just like um Marcus Smith was you know so um it really helps you take Rachel Burford out of the equation take Leanne Riley out of the equation it is a very different position she's not performing they put Scotty Emily Scott in at, tw- at 10 you know playing some brilliant rugby um, but they are a totally different side without that experience there. And, you know, Leanne has been named in the England squad. She's obviously with the Bristol girls. But that game on Saturday, it had, it, it just like on the Friday night, it had the potential to be this unbelievable game. And then on the Saturday, I was like, it's got the potential to be amazing, but it, it, it might go horribly wrong. Oh my God, it was genuinely most exciting game I've ever commentated on okay before we talk about that game I want to pick up on something else from the uh Quinn's men's game so Louis Liner is basically just writing records on a weekly basis at the moment can't stop scoring uh just looks like he has the most fun out there do you think he's ready for England duties do you think that you know obviously he can play for England Australia Italy if he goes England this autumn and you can see perhaps Eddie Jones trying to be the typical Eddie Jones and picking him in his squad and perhaps saving him for the 13th of November when Australia come to Twickenham and and using him to break Australian hearts in the stadium that his father broke English hearts in in 1991 when he won the World Cup. So there's a certain amount of poetic uh, storytelling there. It almost feels a bit of a kind of Hollywood story. Do you think that he's ready for international honours? Um, yeah, I think the thing is with England is they, they've actually got some amazing young talent on the wing. I think where they need to sort it out and they haven't for, for so long is what's happening at 12 and 13. You know, they're putting Daly, Slade, O'Farrell, like George Ward. Like there's, for years, England hadn't had, apart from Manu Tuolangi, an out and out 12 that is, the guaranteed stamped on this is who we want apart from Owen Farrell obviously but it was kind of like he was there because George Ford was performing and if George Ford wasn't performing Owen Farrell would go back to 10 and I think actually and I know I'm not really necessarily answering your question but but you can have unbelievable outside backs but if you haven't got that 10 12 13 in there you know rocking it then they can keep changing these wingers and they can keep changing. But I don't know. That's where I would say it's going to be interesting for me in the, in the autumn. But for that reason, do you think this squad selection by England, we're going to see emissions. We're going to see people not picked who we. Well, George, we George Ford hasn't. Yeah. George Ford hasn't been picked. He's not in the squad. So the, squad out? the England men's training. Well, there was a training squad a couple of weeks ago. I was just trying right. to find it so I could see who was in it. But Manu was there, you know, yeah. he's looking unbelievable. But is he robust enough? Is he going to stay there? Then you've got Ollie Lawrence back in the mix. You know, yeah. he's somebody performing at um, Worcester, 
brought in, then kind of dumped. They got Max Malins, who's gone back to Saris. Is like, do you know what I mean? Like, there is a lot of players that Eddie has been toying with, and I think this is yeah. the autumn where he can really start to look at combinations. But you can't. There won't. I don't think there will be massive amount of combinations through the through the games. He'll go with one and then make a few changes because if you if you put in a different side for three different those test matches, they are going to get absolutely annihilated because yeah. Australia are in ridiculous form and um well and then you've got South Africa as well. <laughs> Is that the issue for someone like Eddie Jones that when it comes to an autumn series, we're talking about building to a World Cup cycle, but how much building can you do and how much testing out can you do when you're going to play South Africa and Australia on consecutive weekends? Um well I think you know they've got their you're first week. greater than the trying to improve and find your team no I think you know in the summer when they played the boys played America and Canada um there were players that really put their hand up real shame that Joe Falkner singer got injured um I think either in the first game I think in a pre-season game I don't know or maybe the first game of the season I don't know whether he started it but he was on ridiculous form in those games so I think you know there were I can't even remember how many new caps in that, um, in the, but a lot of them have, have come into this new squad. And actually, they, they, they've gone through the first caps, they've gone through the big camps together, and they've just added backs and senior players now with the Lions, Lions guys coming back in again. I actually think he's got a brilliant blend of players in there. I think it's just going to be really interesting to see which combinations that he thinks works well together. You know, someone like Dan Robson, does that, someone like Dan work really well with Marcus Smith? But we didn't see it because Dan was on the bench. So, you know, um, then you've got someone like Harry Randall, who's a proper live wire. Um, Rafi Quirk, who I think is going to be How amazing. Does Harry Randall look on Friday night, by the way? Like, <laughs> he is. I've, I've interviewed Harry a couple of times, like when Bristol were in the championship, actually. And he was so young then. In my head, I was like, he's going to fill out. He's got smaller, I swear. He's so small. He's so small. But when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, great advert. Okay, let's talk about that um, women's game on Saturday. We've gone from one Quinns Bristol that Quinns came out on top. Bristol Bears top of the log. We're going to the champions. Did you foresee that game being what it turned out to be? No, 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 no. But um, I found, I like, I think someone tweeted it or someone said about it in an interview. Bristol lady, Bristol women only won four games last year and they have gone five back to back with five points. And so they are, they are at the top of the tree having won more games than they did. There was a, you know, I commentated on the, and we talked about it last week on the pod when they played Gloucester Hartbury away and they got the win and there were bits of their performance that were really sluggish and they, you know, they're like, you thought they didn't quite get going. Are they going to pull it out of the bag against Quinns? 
it was an amazing game. And, and you know, the defence from both sides, the double hits that were going in were absolutely like, oh my God, <laughs> like it was brutal. But the difference between the sides was the set piece. Harlequins were completely taken apart. I have never seen a Quinn's team basically perform as badly. And that's not in any disrespect to the players. They just did not get it right on the day. And they've been not getting it right for how many weeks. And I don't think, you know, I talked about different players when during the game and the fact that they've not got Abby Ward. Massive loss at the line-out for Harlequins. Massive gain for Bristol Bears. Lo and behold, Bristol Bears are doing a brilliant job at set piece with her in line out. And then, you know, you've got Leanne Riley who controls affairs around the, around it. Um, and she's gone to Bristol. She's not playing at the moment, but, you know, but their forwards, you know, I haven't even thought about it and I didn't talk about it in comms, but I have reflected on it since that Karen Finley, Jock, who has coached Quinns for however many years since the inception of Harlequins women, has gone. Yeah, and they've got a new guy in, uh, Simeone, uh, not Simeone, Sim- Simeon Barnes. Simi- Simeone is uh, Simeone's nickname. Uh, it is Simeone. It's Simeon. Simeon. Simeon Barnes. <laughs> in the end, anyway, Mr. Barnes is the new forwards coach, and look, I've never met him. I don't know whether the girls are getting on with him, but at the moment, they are having a shocker up in the forwards, and I've and and actually. Every time I played Harlequins, no matter what backline we put, no matter what we could do, we could never match them up front in any team I played with. And it was their weakness on Saturday, which was a shock. Um, you know, there was a, a you know class try, and it's difficult because I'm I'm saying this about international players. You know, they've got world class players. Amy Kane, you know, in my opinion, you know, on her day is the best hooker in the world. But yet. The amount of overthrows, the amount of stuff that was going on um, was just, yeah, mad. How worried does that make you for the visit of the Black Ferns when a team like Quinns that have so many England internationals are struggling up front like that? Um, look, I think there has been a slight, there was a slight worry with England up front um, in the Six Nations. You know, Berner wasn't there, she was out um, injured, but they got motored back at times against the French. Um, and there's got, they've got a new forwards coach um, to come in. Um, and I can't remember his name, but <laughs> I won't try and attempt it 53 times. Um, I think what was noticeable about the weekend wasn't necessarily around the park. They were amazing. It's set piece, you know, it was kind of toing and froing between penalties at scrum time. And the line out, I think, you know, you don't go bad overnight. You don't make those errors because all of a sudden you're a rubbish player. That's a that's a, a unit thing. You know, that is a timing thing. It's a coordination. It's a working together. So when they go into England, are they going to are they going to have changed the line outs from their last half? I mean, it's probably not. So I don't think they're going to be as bad. But yeah, I mean, it, if you if you looked at that performance, I know that those girls won't want that to have been the performance that they have as the last game now. You know, there's no fixed club fixtures now yeah. until the 27th of November. Um, and the Bristol Bears girls are like buzzing. I spoke to Sarah Byrne, player of the match, you know, scored the most, well, set up the most ridiculous try. She said, I said, mate, we couldn't really see from the camera. Were you smiling at Ellie Kildun when you made the line break? And she said, yeah. I was like, come on then. Still was play sevens. <laughs> Burner might have put it on the back burner, but let's be honest, she wants to buy that sevens apple. I, I've said to you before, I remember having a conversation with her where she was quite upset that she wasn't going to become an Olympian. Um, I think she's trying to prove me wrong by, you know, she was insane. Um, but you, you know, and the other person that, you know, I, it was funny because I think it was Ben Kay was uh, basically saying, like listing off so many different people for player of the match on Friday night. I literally, and they were like messing about with me and I could have given it to so many different people and I will move on from this, but Amber Reed, some of her past selection was sublime. Um, putting, and, and it links on to, you know, Judge Joyce's tries were ridiculous, um, but the timing of the pass, it wasn't 
defended that well on the edge by Quinns. You know, they were offering her a corner, but the, there was no break in stride from the wingers. It was literally the perfect ball that you want from a centre. So for her, for Berner, going into the game, you know, going into the autumns, flying high. Yeah. You know, and I and think you know the what? other I'm people... Kind of, sorry, I want to just pick up on that and say that, obviously, there's, what, 10 Welsh girls involved at Bristol and... You know, Bristol top of the log, let's hope that they can bring that into Welsh camp now. We know that they've had a torrid time of it with the change of coach. We know that there's an interim coaching setup. And and actually, it probably feeds into what you were saying with Simeon Barn. We we don't know him, know a huge amount, amount about his coaching history. But I find it really interesting. Dave Ward's obviously got a huge amount of buy into the women's game and has got Bristol firing on all cylinders It'll be interesting to see what happens now when these girls go back into Wales camp. They've got this interim coaching set up who, again, are not women's rugby coaches. And I mean that in all due respect to Johan and, and Geraint, lovely, lovely blokes, great coaches at, at 20s and, and what Johan did with Scarlets. But it's really interesting to see if this is going to be another round pegs, square holes situation for the Welsh coaching setup. You know what? I'm fascinated that the WIU do this because it's like Groundhog Day and I'm saying this as someone that has watched you know a lot of failings within the Welsh setup from the women's point of view I've played alongside a lot of those Welsh girls you know and so I know how talented they are and one of the one of the England girls said to me at the weekend it's amazing what the Welsh players can do when they've got a coach that they understand and respects them and, and can get at how they can perform right and and I think it had me thinking about you know, everyone always asks me, is it different to coach women? And I always kind of say, well, yes and no, because yes, uh, no, they're just people, you know, we're just people, yeah. it's just rugby. Um, but actually, yes, you know, at the top level, we play the game very, very differently. And we have different skill sets because we can't kick the ball as far as the men. We don't play like the men, before, you know, it's, it's a different defensive structures. And actually, I think the most successful teams don't try and coach women like small men. They coach them like women and they coach them like the skill sets in there. Now, that said, some coaches have come over and been very successful in the women's game because they've looked at the skill sets and regardless of gender, they've gone, well, this player can do this. Let's play like that, you know. Um, but it is interesting how it's so common for women and female coaches to be told they don't have the experience in the men's game to go and coach. They don't, but yet men uh, that have never coached at premiership, that have never been at international level can come over and coach at the top level in the women's game. So why, you know, we'll play, you know, so it's, it's fascinating. Um, and I do believe you have to have got experience working with women to know, the dynamic I think the off-field dynamic is massively different because of the nature within the programs you're working with semi-professional professional people you've got two caps and they're trying to balance all sorts of stuff you've got um just a general uh game time so women that have come into the game at a at later age so their game understanding their tactical analysis all sorts of things are different off the field. And if you haven't experienced that or if you've never been around it, and I think the benefit that Dave has, you know, he was at Oldfield with all of us in Bath at college. You know, he has known women's rugby players since he was 16 years old, probably even before that. And so he's always understood, always got on with us. His wife is an international player. He's watched her play for however many years. He's been around the female game, understands the dynamic. And I think that that's where there are major problems. And my concern with Wales Again, I don't know them as coaches. I don't even know the guys, but irrelevant of what they do on the field, whether they've got knowledge of the female game or not, how they're going to manage probably one of the most fragile times in Welsh history because of the severity of everything that's happened with yeah. the senior players from previous years putting in a report asking for... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... And do you know what? I have to say, like, I last week was lucky enough to um, do the press conference after the squad announcement. And I spoke to you and Cunningham and spoke to Shuey and um, there is a real, from a coaching perspective, you know, those, those guys who are involved now, 
were not involved in in what had come before they weren't involved in that last regime with with Warren Abrams and I kind of asked Yohan about it and he said it, it's about kind of wiping the slate clean those are the words that Shuan used as well and going back to basics now I found that a really interesting turn of phrase in the I, I I looked this morning because of a piece I'm doing for Scrum 5 about how many Welsh girls were involved across the weekend in in premiership games and how many of those girls were on the winning side in premiership games and, and who'd played well and stuff like that. And, and they're now being stripped back to basics like they are very amateur, new to the game players. When in reality, these coaches have got at their disposal some really incredibly talented players. You know, the, the way that the girls who are in the Gloucester front row of scrimmage this year, you know, that's not something that Wales have enjoyed in, in the past few years. And then you've got Jazz, who is lighting up headlines and, and everyone's talking about Kira Bevan, who on a day is, is, you know, the form nine in the league, but they're being stripped back to basics. And Mate, I found that quite a I, worrying turn of phrase. Can I just say, I need to give a shout out. Alicia Butchers, unbelievable game. She was outstanding. Courtney Keat on the wing. You know, their basics, their two-on-ones, the way that they were playing, their work rate. Alicia Butchers' work rate. Jesus Christ. And um, is it Manon? Uh, Manon uh, yeah, Manon Jones. So I got told off by Amber because she said it's not Jones. And I was like, oh, Scott. yeah. Um, but like turnovers galore, like she was class. So I think, yeah, just, just wanted to give them a little shower. <laughs> I think, you know, the girls are really presented with an opportunity and that they've got, They've got Japan first up and Japan will be a very busy team and and we know what they bring, but it's not like playing England or France first up. And and let's hope, you know, the the Six Nations broke hearts in that camp and broke hearts outside of it when you see your captain crying because of of how torrid that had been. And I just really hope that that things can be a bit different for them this autumn. Um, before we move on from Premier 15s, we have to give a shout out to Sonic. 300 performances at Saracens. Um, it's actually opened a really interesting conversation on social media today, though, about the records that have been kept by clubs, by leagues for these players. Because um, I know that Casey Allen actually thinks that Purdy's probably over and above that figure. And there are other women who've played across Purdy's retired about five times. No, she has played <laughs> seven hundred times for Wasps. Uh, once a Wasp, always a Wasp. Um, I I actually think that Purdy probably says that as much as she says her son's name on a daily basis. Like it, <laughs> if if she turned around and said, "Oh, I've actually got it tattooed across my heart," I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Wait, you know, she was a celeb that opened the uh, new ground, new training, the new four G thing down there. <laughs> was she? Yeah. Yeah, they'd cut the ribbon. I was like, shut the front door. But I bet she turned up um, and she was like, if it's not yellow and black, I'm not cutting it. <laughs> She's wearing a blazer. Loves the blazer. Um, yeah, I um, I will say Sonic, you know, fair play to her. She's, uh, I think, deputy head at a school. Um, she has battled, like, playing, uh, probably seen one of the worst bone breaks of her lower leg like shattered it into pieces, wore a cage on a leg for years. That was in Samurai Sevens years ago and then came back, didn't really come back into the sevens fold, but stayed at 15s and just just always solid. You know, she's a year older than me, I think, and just Still just good. graft. And actually, as always, like she played in the back row and that's the, in recent years, she's played in the second round. Like you're literally moving to like a hard position, mate. Like it's getting worse as you're getting older. Like what are you doing? But so I first met Sonic when I was... Uh, 17 and um, we set up for it was like a nat they did national sevens back then and it was amazing because all the premiership sides put in teams and um, we just finished our first year at college anyway England academy or it might have been the second year of college I'm not sure but the there was a the second year sorry because England academy and England A had put together a squad and they were traveling over to South Africa but it was during A-level exams and and I was like I was the only one out of the girls that went to Oldfield was like I actually want to get my results <laughs> so I stayed I didn't tour even though I'd been captain I didn't tour and uh so I could do my A-levels so we pulled in some extra girls because obviously we had some like Claire Allen and 
I think Berth went on the tour and stuff. So we brought, pulled in players for, for our old field. We, I don't know why, how we managed to get in a team in National Sevens because <laughs> we were just an academy at 17 years old. It's like the rugby centrinians. Yeah, well, we called ourselves the Jelly Babies. So we had the Jelly Babies and it was like Jelly Babies against Wasps. And I remember... Um, um, and she was insane. Like she was absolutely brilliant because she just typical back rower, so fit, like one of the fittest people I know, like ripped up. She's quality, just running around, going wild. Um, but yeah, the uh, all of the senior girls, that, like all the England seniors that weren't touring South Africa, they were still there playing. Were literally like, who are these little rat bags that are playing in these jelly baby shirts? And I needed to buy the shirts. And Jenny, where do you reckon I got them from? Because I... <laughs> I didn't think about getting them from a sports shop. I went in to M&S men's section and I got yes, M&S. <laughs> what, and bought like men's rugby shirts in Marks and Spencer's? Men's rugby shirts. <laughs> I've still got mine. And I think it's mine. And I had the girls and it was the first time definitely ever. The Jelly Babies theme night on ending. <laughs> I had no nose. It was the first time that we'd had names on the back of our shirts and I had no nose. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I'm definitely feeling like a jelly baby. We're dressing you as a jelly baby at some point <laughs> in a hen do in the next few months. Okay. That's going in my little hen notebook. Um, any other business from Prem 15s last weekend? Anything else? Wasps played at the, uh, not the Rico. Um, great visibility. Great to have a double header. Love listening to Sarah Orchard on the radio. Friend of the pod who said she'd missed us. Oh, I know. Well, to be fair, um, I messaged uh, Harriet Miller Mills. I was like, oh, mate, how was it yesterday? She just basically put, Really fun, massive pitch. So I'm knackered today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, what is the pitch at Twyford Avenue like half the size or something? Well, I think so. It's like playing on a poster stuff. It's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Rico, the the Coventry place is um, massive. Um, this season, we are not allowed to call that place by its actual name at any point. <laughs> call it not the Rico or that Coventry place. <laughs> Um, but like you say, yeah, great visibility and by the sound of things, quite a few people stayed behind. Nick Mullins put out a really lovely tweet saying it was with a photograph of the crowd saying it's really cool to see. And is this the future seeing double headers? And it would be brilliant to, to you know, to commentate on them. Um, so, yeah, uh, just talking about commentary, actually, um, after our little shout out to Claire Thomas last week, um, got to work with her at Pitchside this week oh. and uh, we were chatting afterwards and about about commentating and it actually got me to reflect actually after we'd recorded the pod about you know who had been there before me you know yes I might be the first to do some senior games or what like the actual games I'm covering but there's always been at least one woman before me in everything that I've done whether that be you know athlete mental work there was Susie Appleby which I did and then you know commentary in particular for me it was Daisy Sue Day 15s I met probably mainly in in uh in seven in in sevens and and actually I was, I I so I asked Claire I said you know for you who is it that you kind of look up to and you know who is there and and, and basically it is just so you know it realized that in this country there is only one woman doing lead commentary and and I think the way that you spoke about it last week about saying you know it is a ridiculously hard role and and it is, as you know, people have asked me, would I be interested in doing it? And I'm like, no way. One, my language yeah. isn't good enough. And two, I analyse and go off on tangents, which I don't think is helpful when you're but trying I, to explain. Going as on. I said last week, I think the big thing with it is it isn't just applicable to lead comms, though that's where I absolutely take my hat off to Claire. But this is where I think Claire, lots of young women can look at Claire as an inspiration because I do think as a woman, it's very hard to to come out and say you want to do something that goes against the grain it's very difficult to feel like you can be the first that you can be doing something that you can't see other people doing there's there you know yes Sarah's doing it and she's been out on her own doing that for so long and but that's what you know, I mean but that's my point yeah, yeah, but like but there it, is it one person everything there. it applies but, to everything you know it, as women I, I hope that girls look at Claire and think it might not be um commentating on rugby but it might be something in school that 
you know, no female pupil has had an opportunity to do previously, but they've decided it's something they want to put their hand up for. And I think she should really serve as an inspiration because she's so young as well. Yeah, but but my point is there is somebody so that like there is some one person, you know, from my coaching perspective, you know, when I first my first um, World Cup that I went to, in fact, you know, I got capped under male coaches. But then when I went back into the squad and in the first World Cup, Giselle was my coach. And so actually, when I look back, as much as I feel like, you know, when people I've always had a female role model. I've always had, at, you know, one person. And that, and that one person, actually all of them are now amazing friends of mine. And they are people that I hugely respect, but just them doing it has gone, given me the kind of the green light. Like, well, if they're doing it, like, oh, I can give it a go. And actually it's just, you know, I just feel like a lot of people from within women's sport often don't get, or within the game, often don't get the credibility. So someone like Sarah has been around for so long, actually it's just kind of normal (laughs) that she's there, but she is there. And I think that that's what's important for all of them. And Koya agrees. Koya loves being our role model. I, um, I don't know if I've ever told you this on the pod before, but the first time I ever met Sarah was a... England autumn game England women's autumn game at the stoop and she was commentating on five live and I met her in the press room and she was eight and a half months pregnant and I was terrified it was the first time I'd done pitch side on international match and I was absolutely terrified of doing it and I can remember thinking why are you worried about doing this this woman's about to commentate on the match and she's also going to have a baby in like two weeks time and that's where slash slash two minutes. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, this is just, you know, I was, I was, I felt more ready to li- deliver a baby than to ask questions pitched about <laughs> at that game. But it, she blew my mind that day, and yeah, that's where female role models are so important because it is seeing yourself in somebody else and seeing that relatability that relatability visibility thing so yeah I think we should dedicate this podcast to Sarah Orchard and what she's done and the others around us have done to make us feel like we can do a podcast like this wow we've never done a dedication well I'm doing it so we've gone from asking for sponsorship to hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. hopefully sarah also likes soaring yeah because we've talked about that as well this podcast is not officially sponsored by it yet but it will be okay guys we'll see you next well you'll hear us next week bye